0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anything Goes podcast. I am your host Toby and want to thank you very much for joining me for this podcast. As always I want to remind you that you can follow me for the latest updates on various things such as Marvel news, wrestling news, gaming news general film news and my own opinions on a variety of things on Instagram. You can follow me on at anything goes Podcast underscore 616 for daily content as well as all links to all other podcasts like this one. This is the fifth episode of my weekly podcast and this week I have a bit of an announcement. From now on the Anything Goes podcast weekly podcast released every Monday like this one is going to have a bit of a format change. Now The previous four episodes have seen me go over a number of different topics within one podcast but from now on I'm going to focus on one topic. The reason for that is because I really enjoy going into as much depth as possible on the topics that I'm discussing and whilst trying to fit four or five different topics into an hour-long episode or less uh, was very difficult for me because I wanted to go into more depth. So what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to have a single or Double topic podcast where I'm going to discuss one topic, different topic every week, and um, you know just different areas within those topics as well. So this week, this podcast is one that was voted for by Instagram followers and fans. Um, is my Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So now, basically, what this is going to be is based on the character and the in-ring ability of my favourite wrestlers of all time to justify who I think are the Four best wrestlers of all time, again based on their ability and their in-ring work as well as their gimmick and their character work. Um, that also includes of course promos and ability to speak and it does have of course some personal preference in here. So You know, please don't criticize my decisions based on your personal preference because then, you know, we will all end up having something different. But these guys that I'm going to choose are my four top wrestlers of all time based on everything that they've done in the business. They're, you know, all chosen from my lifetime. I haven't chosen anyone that I've never seen so I'm not going to be talking about wrestlers like Bruno San Martino or any of the Von Eriks. We are going to be focusing on people from the 90s onwards. So let's get started with the pod. So the way this is going to work is that I have got a number of nominees for this and I'm going to work through the nominee list and then I am going to, you know, when we get to someone that I think deserves to be in the Mount Rushmore. I'm going to place them in there and by the end of this podcast we will have four wrestlers who I believe with everything combined are the best of all time. Now the first one that we are going to discuss, the first nominee is Hulk Hogan. Now Hulk Hogan of course is the man who transcended the wrestling business. He was the one who Vince McMahon when he started to buy out all of the territories and create what was the WWF and is now the WWE, Hulk Hogan was his main man and continued to be his main man for a number of years, even to a point today where Hulk Hogan still comes back to make guest appearances. Of course, Hulk Hogan had a huge impact in wrestling away from the WWE as well when he went to WCW to form the NWO with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Um, But in recent years, Hulk Hogan's had a hand in some seriously um, vile incidents with racial language being used. He was caught Um, on a sex tape as well so he's not going to be in my Mount Rushmore for those reasons but well as well as his in-ring was very very basic at best you know um, I can't think of a really good Hulk Hogan match in my opinion but as a wrestling character Hulk Hogan has to be considered as one of the best of all time but for me absolutely not. Now, a man who combines character as well as in-ring ability, for me, that deserves a shout-out, that isn't going to qualify for my top four, but was very, very close to taking one of the spots, was number two, the ra- the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Um, now, the Macho Man, of course, is one of the most well-known wrestlers of all time, a very colourful personality, as well as his character, always, or very often, accompanied to by the ring Uh, to the ring by the beautiful Miss Elizabeth. Randy Savage had an amazing career. Again, the WWE and the WWF really put Macho Man in a spotlight. He was able to show his character in amazing promos and his in-ring ability was second to none. Some of his matches were the best matches of all time, especially when he went over to WCW. His feud with Diamond Dallas Page put DDP on the map and made him a wrestler that everyone wanted to see at the time of course when he was in the WWE he did have one of the greatest matches of all time with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at Wrestlemania 3 for the Intercontinental title Um, but of course when Macho Man got to a certain age Vince McMahon decided to make him a commentator. Um, Macho Man didn't want to do that so he went to WCW and continued his career and And he was absolutely phenomenal. I remember growing up watching WCW and absolutely loving Macho Man, especially when he was in the NWO having feuds with the likes of DDP. So for me, not quite in the top four, but the Macho Man, Randy Savage, definitely getting a shout out of course I want to stop very early in this podcast and say if I I am going to of course post this podcast um, and the link to it on Instagram if you want to post your top fours of all time please feel free to do so I would absolutely love to have a discussion around your decisions now number three is one that I know my dad will absolutely hate he wasn't a fan of this man but for me I absolutely adore the in-ring work of Kurt Henning, Mr Perfect. Now, Mr Perfect was one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time, without a doubt, and arguably one of the greatest wrestlers to have never held the WWE or you know World Heavyweight Championship. Now, he's another guy who went off to WCW um, and came back to the WWE in the early 2000s after a guest appearance in the Royal Rumble. And Mr. Perfect very, very much was an in-ring technician, but was a very entertaining character as well. Now... He's not made the top four because he didn't quite, for me, you know, this this podcast is also going to take into consideration the achievements that they've had in wrestling. And Mr. Perfect, very much a guy who didn't quite achieve what he could have done in wrestling. Now, a man who did is our number four nominee, is Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, um, a guy who many, many people will say is one of the best technicians of all time. Um, not a bad Mike Um, wrestler you know he cut a decent promo he was a very very good wrestler though you know one of the best in-ring technicians of all time Um, a character who suffered a lot from a lack of charisma maybe um, in certain situations I don't think he quite had the um, attention-grabbing personality that a lot of wrestlers had you know when you put him up against some of the greats like a macho man randy savage and a hulk hogan i don't think that Bret hart necessarily grabbed your attention with his promo and you know, i'm sure this will come up for debate but for me brett the hitman hart does not make my top four which i think will shock a lot of people because the hitman i i will say it over and over about people in this list he is one of the greatest of all time but for me he just although he won so many titles although he was at the top of his game for so many years his career was cut short of course in wcw which impacts this decision as well but for me i think if we were to combine his in-ring with his personality as we are trying to do so for this he doesn't quite make the cut for me now I have to give a shout out as well to someone who I didn't see a huge amount of in my lifetime, but um, you know we would have done had it not been for a devastating incident, is Owen Hart. So Owen Hart is our number five nominee. He's not made the top four, but again, Owen Hart is a guy who a lot of people would rate as one of the best underrated wrestlers of all time. He's not quite up there with the likes of um, Macho Man, Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart that we've mentioned so far. But Owen Hart was a great character, and overall, if you've ever seen Dark Side of the Ring, um, the the final days of Owen Hart, I think the name of the episode is, it's heartbreaking to see what a wonderful man he was, but how talented he was and how badly the WWE system sort of let him down. Um, He was a fantastic wrestler that was loyal to the WWE and loyal to Vince McMahon after Bret Hart had left to go to WCW, but... They didn't really have a place for a really good wrestler when they were a gimmick show like they were in the 90s. So, unfortunately, Owen Hart, of course, with his life cut short, doesn't make the cut that deserves a shout out here. But well, one man who is definitely going to get a really good shout out is our number six, who is going to be the first man to make it onto my Mount Rushmore of wrestling. And I cannot leave this man out. I think for me, he is the best. Performer of all time in terms of his showmanship as well as his in-ring ability, and he was the first name on my top four, and that is the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. For me, Shawn Michaels when I was growing up was you know I grew up very much in his second run it was when I was more aware of wrestling and what was actually going on in terms of appreciating what the characters were how good they were in the ring and Shawn Michaels was just absolutely phenomenal I couldn't take my eyes off him when he wrestled in the ring he was such a good showman such a good technical wrestler the technical matches he had with Bret Hart in the 90s the showmanship that he showed in the 2000s against the likes of Triple H and The Undertaker in WrestleMania matches was you know, absolutely incredible. And for me, if anyone ever asks me who my favourite wrestler is of all time or who I think the best is of all time, I would always go with Shawn Michaels. Not only that, but he won so many titles in his time. I think that he, he was able to cut incredible promos. If you've ever seen him after the Montreal job in Montreal, Canada, is absolutely incredible. He was a lovable character in his second run, in his first run, when he was the heartbreak kid. He was easily a despisable character. So to be able to do all of that, he has to be in the top four for me of all time and that's where he will go so Shawn Michaels is the first name in our Mount Rushmore and trust me you won't have to wait long for the second one it's not number seven number seven gets a shout out and his name is Hunter Hurst Helmsley Triple H gets a shout out for me a a character that I never enjoyed an in-ring ability that I never enjoyed um, but deserves a shout out here at number seven he he was at the top of the wrestling mountain for a number of years through the late 90s, early 2000s, but for me, was the problem with WWE as they transitioned out of the uh, uh, ruthless aggression era, no, sorry, out of the attitude era into the ruthless aggression era. He continued to keep himself at the top of the mountain. He didn't really spend much time away from the world title picture. And when he did, he was winning Intercontinental and tag titles. So, um, you know, Triple H deserves a shout-out, for, especially for what he's doing for wrestling at the moment. Especially, you know, he runs NXT, which is WWE's developmental brand, and he's given a lot of young wrestlers great advice. And he's helping people progress into huge acts. And a shout-out, but not someone who's making the top four. Our number two in the top four is here already. So number six, we had Shawn Michaels. Number eight is also going in, and his name is, woo, Rick Flair. Can you really not have Rick Flair in the top four wrestlers of all time? He is the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. He is Ric Flair. You know, everybody knows who Ric Flair is. The greatest promo of all time. The greatest talker of all time, without a doubt for me. Just go back and look at some of his promos from, you know, back in the day, before he was an old man wrestling in WWE in the Ruthless Aggression era, which a lot of listeners like myself grew up seeing. I've gone back. I've seen what he was able to do. His matches with Dusty Rhodes for the NWA. His matches with Tully Blanchard. His run with the force the four horsemen. Ric Flair could do it all. He had incredible matches all over the world during his career. He was the best character of all time. He was the you know the nature boy. Everyone knows the woo. Everyone knows who Ric Flair is and Even today, he is involved in wrestling. He is currently involved in a WWE storyline. Of course, he's not physical anymore, but he continued to be involved in matches as late as like 2003, He was an absolutely incredible human being. You know, what he could do was absolutely phenomenal at his age. And when he was at his peak, he was arguably the best of all time for some people. I think my exposure to Shawn Michaels during a really good period of his career sort of leans me more towards him but Ric Flair is in our top four he is absolutely deserving of that and of course we have to acknowledge the fact that he is the man who holds the most world title reigns of all time. He's got 18 world championship reigns. Those are recognised world championship reigns. Of course, he has more than that if you count his NWA title reigns, but we are just talking about WWE and WCW World Heavyweight Championships. So what a man. Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, is our number two. At number nine um, in our nominees, we have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who, of course, we talked about previously in his unbelievable Uh, feud and rivalry with the macho man Randy Savage, of course Wrestlemania 3 his finest moment, another man who had an incredible match with a man who's just made it into our top 4, Ric Flair again, unbelievable matches that you can go back and watch, but again a man who didn't quite win the amount of titles that he probably should have done, a man who didn't have much of a character when he was in the big time and a man who didn't really come you know, jump off the screen, as an in-ring technician, as an entertainer Ricky the Dragon Steamboat could have incredible matches with pretty much anyone but he's held back by a couple of things so he's unfortunately not made the cut. Another man who could have made the cut for me personally because I just absolutely love this wrestler but when I sat down and looked at his in-ring, his character work and whether he deserved to be in here with some of the names that we're going to mention later in this podcast is Jake the Snake Roberts. I am an absolutely huge fan of Jake the Snake. I thought he was a transcending character, he transcended what it was to be evil in wrestling and to be a bad guy. Not only did the guy have a snake with him in most matches, of course, is very famous the time that he got a cobra to bite the macho man Randy Savage in the ring. Um, You know, if you've never seen Dark Side of the Ring about Randy Savage, there's a great story regarding that (coughs) snake bite where uh, Randy Savage made Jake the Snake let the snake bite him to prove it didn't have venom in and when they went to the ring Jake the snake turned his back on Randy Savage just before he was going to get the snake to bite it and he said he paint brushed the out of that snake and um, that's why the snake bit so hard and he couldn't get the snake off of him so um, that's why that scene with the snake biting Macho Man on the bicep was so long because no one could get the snake off which is a great story because Jake the Snake was just that kind of guy he was going to get you back if you did something to him he was an extremely evil guy extremely evil character but in the ring you know he invented the DDT he was a great worker but he wasn't a great worker like Bret Hart was a great worker or Macho Man for example was a great worker it was the way that he worked underlined his character superbly. He wasn't explosive. He wasn't extremely entertaining for crowds to start cheering. He was slow, methodical. You know, he was exactly like the character he is, which is a snake. And Jake the Snake deserves a shout out. He's a huge, huge influence on my love of wrestling, but he's not made the cut here. Now, number 11 is a hugely influential character in the world of wrestling another man who had his life taken too early was bruiser Brody, um a man that not many people will know the name of he was very very famous back in the day and this is a guy that i just want to give a shout out to rather than go into loads of depth on um, bruiser brodie was very much what you get in the name he was an absolute brawler he was a bruiser he was a hardcore wrestler before hardcore wrestling was a thing. So, you know, if you've never heard of Bruiser Brody, please go and have a look at Dark Side of the Ring Episode 1, the tragic death of Bruiser Brody, who lost his life so very early in his career. Um, A family man, but a guy who, you know, influenced a lot of great wrestlers, including Number 12, who... This is very controversial, I think, has made my top four. So he is on my Mount Rushmore, and we are only 12 wrestlers in. We've got about 40 wrestlers that I wrote down as nominees. We're not going to go down through the whole list. But number three, very, very controversial inclusion, because I can tell you that someone out of the following is going to have to miss out. So someone out of Sting, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, The Rock, Undertaker, Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes, and Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, Rey Mysterio. One of those guys, ha- like, what? only one of those guys can potentially go in. But number three for me is a guy who was entertaining for his whole career He had a number of personas that got people over. He won titles with different personas. And he had a career that just... You couldn't take your eyes off him in the ring. He wasn't a slick worker. He is the hardcore icon. The man who has made number three in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling for me is Mick Foley. Now, Mick Foley, of course, will be known to most of you as Cactus Jack or Mankind or Dude Love... Mick Foley did so much in wrestling that people don't realize. He's a two-time world heavyweight champion as Mankind. He won the he was the first ever hard, blah, blah, hardcore champion. He was a tag team champion with The Rock. He also, you know, he won other titles in other promotions with ECW as well. But Mankind was a fantastic character that ended up, you know, he started off being a tortured soul um That feuded with The Undertaker, and he went on to be a comedy character that was beloved by so many fans. Um, Not only that, Mick Foley had the three faces of Foley. Of course, as I mentioned, he had um, Dude Love, who was like his hippie character. He had Cactus Jack, who was the hardcore wrestler who would just bring out weapons like bins and kendo sticks. And then you had Mankind, who we've already talked about, and the mandible claw is one of the most iconic, you know, Mr. Socko, one of the most iconic finishing moves of all time, arguably. Um, But not only that, Mick Foley's a great, great human being. You know, if you've ever seen Mick Foley in backstage interviews or the work that he did later in his career to put over, you know, he gave his body to Edge during a WrestleMania match he gave his body to Triple H to get Triple H over, he gave his body to Randy Orton, and then most iconically, he had that match, Hell in a Cell, with The Undertaker, where he was the first man to really take a bump in this way, he was thrown off of Hell in the Cell, and he went through one of the announce tables, and that was before they sort of reinforced them, and made them as safe as they are, you know, Mick Foley threw himself off that Hell in a Cell, and changed wrestling forever, so, you know, for that reason alone, he deserves to be in here, but not only that, he... Has had some incredible matches in his career he continues to be involved in wrestling now and is a beloved human being in wrestling outside of wrestling and Mick Foley for me has made my top three so far we've got one more to go we're just going to have a quick intermission and we are going to crack on with the second half of the nominees and find out who our fourth and final member of Mount Rushmore is. Uh, welcome back to our Mount Rushmore top four wrestlers of all time in my personal opinion of course so far we have three of the four in the first half of the podcast we have number one Shawn Michaels number two Mick Foley and number three Ric Flair so um, we already have a number of the wrestlers in our top four We are going to continue to go through some of the nominees. Now, one of my favourite wrestlers growing up was WCW's undefeated monster in Goldberg. Now, Goldberg was an absolute animal. And it's a strange one because his in-ring and his character work were quite weak looking back. But the way they presented Goldberg, he was an absolute behemoth. You know, the guy was absolutely jacked. The guy was... (laughs) my dog has just forced his way into my office so that he can be part of the podcast this week, hello Um, he was an absolute behemoth and he was unstoppable and he had an undefeated run of something like 180 odd matches before losing a world title match to Kevin Nash, the guy was absolutely unstoppable and when he came to WWE um, they sort of booked him poorly and in the in recent years he's been booked really poorly as well because he is continuing to wrestle um just this weekend he had a world title match against Drew McIntyre which he lost so overall a, a very brief mention for him but Goldberg definitely in there for consideration another one in there for consideration was Sting now Sting again one of the biggest characters of all time in terms of you know he was very much the the surfer dude in his first his first incarnation, second re- his reincarnation, his second um, coming of his character was the Dark, you know, the Crow Sting, the guy who was in the rafters of the stadiums in WCW and was taken on the NWO single-handedly, he was the vigilante, he was the icon and he spent a number of years making sure that wrestling had an alternative to WWE the guy didn't go to WWE until the late twenty. 20- 10 ish area um where he had a decent ish run you know he should have done a lot more in wwe they pushed him incorrectly in there but the guy has gone on to start appearing in AEW recently the guy is you know like i say he's an icon a lot of people look at sting as one of the biggest influencers of the business um one of the greatest of all time without a doubt but again we going to say that he's held back by his in-ring work. He's very similar to Ricky the Dragon's no, sorry. Um who was it that I mentioned previously? Uh, Brett the hitman heart, but <clears throat> excuse me. He um he he's like the other way around. So instead he was very much grab your attention off of the screen but in the ring wasn't anything special. Now, you know, Sting had some unbelievable matches especially in his first incarnation when he was like the surfer guy and the baby face. Um, or like the pseudo baby face, but unfortunately you know I, I don't think that he quite captured enough in terms of his in-ring quality so for me Sting is a very very close um, probably if we were ranking a top 10 would be in the top 10 but he doesn't quite make my top four um, another wrestler who doesn't quite make the top four but genuinely made me think for a long time that he should be in there was Eddie Guerrero, of course, Eddie Guerrero, who we lost very early in his life, um, was easily one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And a lot of wrestlers now say that Eddie Guerrero was their inspiration for getting into wrestling. Now, Eddie, of course, is another wrestler who has had an episode on Dark Side of the Ring. Eddie Guerrero was an absolute phenomenon in the ring. He was a great promo. He was an all-round great person when he came back to WWE after being released the first time. But there was something about Eddie Guerrero that made people want to cheer for him. You know, his character, his mantra as a character was lie, cheat and steal, but that got him over as a baby face because he was such a lovable human being and such a lovable character. Um, You know, he went on to have one of the biggest wrestling moments that I can remember from my childhood when he won the World Heavyweight Championship from Brock Lesnar. Um, I think it was at No Way Out, the No Way Out pay-per-view. Of course, he did cheat to win that title, but he overcame the beast in Brock Lesnar, and it was a fantastic moment, a crowning moment for a guy that had predominantly been around the mid-card until that point. Of course, it's quite well known that Eddie Guerrero struggled a lot with the pressure of being the world champion that's why his reign was relatively short before dropping it to JBL um but you know the mexican was an absolutely brilliant wrestler and a guy who really brought the business forward with our other nominee in a second with his work in japan and his work in mexico before coming to america you know the way he worked matches and worked people into matches was just phenomenal and another guy who deserves a mention although a short one because of what he did and if you don't know you really need to you know get yourself clued up on it because um, the next mention is Chris Benoit of course who um, it's a difficult thing to talk about he killed his son his wife and then committed suicide but if we are to look at him as a wrestler specifically Chris Benoit was a phenomenal athlete a phenomenal wrestler who Played his character of the Rabid Wolverine superbly. He was insane in the ring. He wrestled with such an intensity. Another guy who had a real crowning moment to win a world heavyweight championship at WrestleMania of all places, overcoming Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match. Um, you know, Benoit was idolized by so many wrestlers, including Chris Jericho, who said that Chris Benoit was one of his earliest inspirations. Um You know, he went to Japan before he wrestled predominantly in America and was um, hugely popular over there, came to the US, was fantastic in WCW, but struggled to get past the ceiling because he wasn't a very tall, very, you know, like stacked guy, although he was very, very muscly come the end of his career and his life, of course. And um, yeah, so Chris Benoit gets a mention, but for me, can't really be in here for obvious reasons. One guy who could be in there certainly for his work through the Attitude Era, sorry, through the uh, Ruthless Aggression Era, sorry, I'm getting my wrestling eras mixed up there, and even today, having won the Royal Rumble last night, is Edge. Now, Edge was very much a predominant tag team wrestler for a long period of his career. He was partnered with Christian, most famously, of course, um, part of the Brood also had a great tag team with Rated in, in Rated RKO with Randy Orton during a period, but really flourished as a singles wrestler when he was given the opportunity. He has won two Royal Rumbles now, he has won multiple world and singles titles, as well as all of his tag team gold with Christian and Randy Orton. Edge is one of those wrestlers who was a fantastic character he he had really really good matches never match of the year candidates or anything like that so he doesn't quite make our top 4 but again if we were to rank a top 10 or 15 i think edge would be very very close to being in that now the reason for that is his character work was absolutely phenomenal he was a great heel but also he was a baby face that you could really get behind and right now he's come back he's you know he's in really good shape despite having like triple neck I think he's had like triple neck fusion surgery or something like that and he's come back and he's won a Royal Rumble he's going to Wrestlemania this year it's an absolutely incredible achievement definitely one of our nominees but unfortunately doesn't quite make the top four another which I'm sure that a lot of people would have that never really did it for me was Kurt Angle now, Kurt Angle was a fantastic wrestler, of course, um, was an Olympian. He won a gold medal with a broken neck, and that was very much the um, story of his wrestling career. He came in and he was the American hero, but soon was turned heel in. The chat the chant that started of You Suck every time he came to the ring was was one that people really got involved in. Even when he was a babyface, that stuck around. And even now, um that is something that is still one of the most famous chants in wrestling history, um, to go along with a with to go along with a theme song. Um Kurt Angle came in and he took to professional wrestling as an entertainment over a, you know, an Olympic sport fantastically. He won multiple world titles again. He was a guy who was involved in some of the biggest storylines of all time, such as um, through the ruthless aggression era, the um, the alliance and versus WWE, etc. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He was involved in matches with The Rock and Stone Cold, who we will get onto very shortly. But overall, uh, an incredible wrestler, but is probably squeezed out of this top four by you know our fourth member of our top four, who we are getting onto very soon. A guy that Kurt Angle. Worked really well across from was our next nominee, who I can't put in just because his his character work has always been done by someone else. He's always had a manager, and that is Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock Lesnar was the guy who got me back into wrestling, um I don't know what year it would have been, probably about 2013, 14, when he returned to WWE and just ended John Cena it was for me you know um the guy's absolutely massive he's got crossover appeal for ufc fans he is just an absolute animal and of course he's known as the beast for a reason the guy is unstoppable but as i say despite me really enjoying his in ring when he was younger now his matches are rarely over 8 minutes um and they consist of german suplexes shoulder rampages in the corner clotheslines and f5s I think that Brock Lesnar, when he was younger, going up against the likes of Kurt Angle, Big Show, John Cena was really, really entertaining. But he's never had a character, really, other than being this unstoppable machine. His promo work has always been done by Paul Heyman, predominantly, and of course... The guy has had big periods away from wrestling when he went to uh, try out into the NFL it was with the Minnesota Vikings for a period. then he went to um, the UFC, which was obviously great for his career as an absolute monster in there one of the you know i would say probably one of the most naturally gifted athletes of all time, Brock Lesnar, to go through three different sports and be successful in each but you know. For me, doesn't quite make the Mount Rushmore, but certainly worth a nomination. I think he's a name that a lot of people wouldn't suggest um, when they were to do this, but for me, Brock Lesnar deserves at least a shout-out. Now, number 20. We are going to go past number 20 with a few more nominations, but number 20 is the man who solidifies his place in the top four. Now, I'm actually going to talk about two guys. is 20 and 21, and it was between these two to take this final slot and then i'm going to talk about the next guy um after that who was probably the next closest but it has to be either stone cold steve austin or the rock now these two had such a famous feud you know they they wrestled at wrestlemania on the biggest stage and they had some of the greatest matches some of the greatest promo offs and some of the greatest rivalries in wrestling history Stone Cold Steve Austin was the man of the Attitude era. It was basically the Stone Cold era. He was electrifying on the mic. He was great in the ring. His his entrances caused such excitement through crowds. He won titles across different promotions. He was one of the most recognised crossover stars at the time as well. And he still has huge mainstream appeal today. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a name that everybody knows and everybody enjoys. Now, his career was very, very short, but if you look at his career, he had some of the best promos of all time. You talk about the Austin 316 promo, for example. You look at his character work and the work that he did alongside Vince McMahon. And then you look at the in-ring as well. He had some of the best matches, arguably, of all time, depending on you know who you are and your preference. But his submission-only match against... Brett the Hitman Hart was, is arguably one of the greatest matches ever. He's won multiple Royal Rumbles in all of which he had great performances. Even when he was the ringmaster, he was absolutely fantastic. And when he was in the Hollywood Blondes alongside Brian Pillman Jr., that's uh, Brian Pillman Jr., Brian Billman Senior. Um, he just had a fantastic run. So you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of the guys in contention for this fourth place, and the one opposite him, as it was so often in the ring, is The Rock. Now. Dwayne Johnson debuted as Rocky Maivia at Survivor Series in the 90s and was booed. No one got on board with him, but it's when he turned heel and joined the Nation of Domination that Rocky became The Rock. He became the man. He became the man of the people. He was the people's champion. And I think The Rock was a better promo than Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that he might, well, he definitely has bigger crossover appeal certainly now, but... I don't know with The Rock how good his matches were in the ring. I think that although he might have been a better worker than Stone Cold in certain aspects, I think that Stone Cold's matches have always been better, and that might be down to other aspects like his character work. But for me, these two could easily have fourth spots split between them. But we have to make a decision, and The Rock has obviously gone on to be one of the most famous people in the world. He's the highest grossing actor in the world at the moment. But if I am going to choose, and this is of course based on personal preference slightly, if I'm going to choose who I'd rather see return to wrestling right now, you have to pick Stone Cold Steve Austin, especially because his career was cut slightly short due to injury. The guy was an absolute like legend at the time and is still now for what he did, how he really put wrestling in the mainstream. And you know he's basically built what WWE is today. Um, He kept it relevant, and I don't think that you can go a top four anywhere in the world regarding wrestling without talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. So for me, my top four is consolidated by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, that is my Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore... um, consists of Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you agree with that, um, or if you disagree with that and you have your own top four, please do let me know. But we're going to talk through a couple of other honourable mentions. This is going to take only a few more minutes. We're going to skim through these. Um, But one that really deserves a mention is The Undertaker. Now, The Undertaker is arguably the best gimmick of all time. Mark Calloway, absolutely incredible. His character work was you know above and beyond what you would expect he always dressed in black in public he never really did interviews the guy could go in the ring you know some of his matches especially Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 25 and 6 i think um were some of the best of all time his his hell in a cell match at wrestlemania with triple h with Shawn michaels as guest referee is one of my favorite matches of all time which is crazy to say because triple h is in it and i'm not a fan but the suspense they built over the streak, obviously he was undefeated at WrestleMania for 25 matches, 25 years in a row before losing to Brock Lesnar, which is you know something that I didn't shout out Brock Lesnar for in um, his little section earlier. But The Undertaker, you know, he could go in the ring when he wanted to. He was a great champion when he held the belts. He was arguably the best character of all time. But for me, I've never been the biggest Undertaker fan. I just... There's something about The Undertaker that I've never been able to get on board with. Um, I haven't always liked his matches. Yeah, he could go with the right opponent, but I don't think that he could get people over necessarily the way that the guys in the top four could. I mean, you look at the way that Stone Cold got The Rock and, um, you know, Mick Foley over and Kurt Angle and stuff like that. You talk about Ric Flair, you know, the amount of people he put over. Mick Foley, we've already talked about, and then Shawn Michaels, who was arguably one of the reasons The Undertaker became so popular with the work they did in Shawn Michaels' first run. So yeah, The Undertaker gets a huge shout out, but not unfortunately in our top four. Um, Number 23 for me is not someone that I would have near a top 10, 15 or 20 as John Cena. <laughs> his matches to me are slow boring and repetitive and his promos are ok but you have to shout him out the guy's a 16 time world champion he is one of the most recognisable wrestlers today he's starting to make his way into Hollywood he basically carried the company for about 10 years in WWE so yet John Cena huge shout out but unfortunately for me especially from a personal opinion he's not getting near my top rankings for wrestlers of all time My next one is one that is really hard not to include and is a guy that I think is underappreciated by so many in the wrestling world. And that's not necessarily to say that people don't appreciate him. I just think he doesn't get the recognition for what a maverick he was during his time. And that is Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, Roddy Piper was such an enigma. He was a great in-ring wrestler, but he was such a fantastic promo and character. If you when when he died a couple of years ago WWE actually did an amazing tribute video for him with a lot of highlights and it's one thing that if you don't know who Roddy Piper was or you did really like Hot Roddy Piper and you've never seen it I would recommend you go and have a look at it because it gives you an insight as to how ahead of his time in terms of promo and character work he was now <clears throat> excuse me he wasn't a fantastic wrestler which is why he doesn't make the top 4 and he doesn't really get as close as a couple of others but Roddy Piper was just such a fantastic, fantastic character. He was a great wrestler, but he was more than anything a great character. And a guy who, of course, main-evented WrestleMania. He was a guy who carried multiple titles, including a great Intercontinental title run. Um, But a guy who deserves the biggest of shout-outs, and, of course, um, someone who deserves to be kept in the wrestling conversation as potentially the greatest of all time at all times. Another guy who deserves to be kept in the conversation of potential best wrestlers of all time, who again we recently lost in the last few years, is um, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. His legacy lives on through his sons, Dustin and Cody at the moment, who are of course two of the main figures in AEW and making AEW a success. Um, But Dusty again is a character who was let down by WWE. When he signed for WWE, he was put into polka dots and he was told to dance around and be a bit of a a fool's fool but you know even Dusty Rhodes got that over because he was such a lovable guy he was such a wonderful character but when he could switch it on Dusty was incredible again when he died again WWE you've got to give credit did an amazing tribute video that I absolutely adore again I'm a massive Dusty Rhodes fan Um, if you go back and watch his work across from Ric Flair in cage matches um, against Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson he's an absolute you know i don't know the words to sort of describe dusty because he was a really big guy he was like 300 pounds maybe 250 pound and he would fly off the top rope he would go in long matches like half hour 60 minute matches in some cases and and he would do it like two three nights a week he was he is arguably the most famous nwa champion of all time he carried the nwa through such a long period and as i say when he went to wwe there was always like a feeling that he was putting polka dots to sort of show the nwa that everyone ends up in wwe if that makes sense but he's like the fact that he got that over and had great matches you know he had a good feud with jake the snake roberts in wwe the guy was just such a wonderful wrestler and a great human being. You saw that in the way that he interacted with wrestlers in WWE when he was coming to the end of his life. He was very, very involved in NXT. And, you know, the dream lives on in Cody and Dustin, like I say. But again, if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you're not a massive wrestling fan, obviously I know that some of you listen and I do appreciate your support as always. But you do listen just to hear what my thoughts are on certain things please go and have a look at some of Dusty Rhodes' matches and his promos because Dusty was absolutely phenomenal. But the reason he's not in for me is I don't know whether he was as good a character or wrestler as the guys that are currently in our top four. But he runs Mick Foley really, really close as to how good he was. And, of course, one of the greatest rivals of Ric Flair. So you could have had Flair and Dusty in the top four, He would certainly be in my top 10 but as we are doing a Mount Rushmore he doesn't quite make it but a huge shout out to the American dream Dusty Rhodes. Uh, We've got three more that we are going to mention. We have got firstly Daniel Bryan. Now Daniel Bryan of course and many people will know is the first really um, modern wrestler to make this list. Daniel Bryan of course who developed himself on the indies as Bryan Danielson in Ring of Honor and, and Japan before coming into the WWE and transcending the WWE into something that again had crossover appeal people were starting to come and have a look at what the yes movement was at a time because the support for Daniel Bryan was so intense people just wanted to see Daniel Bryan and they wanted to see him do well and again he's won multiple titles tag team championships intercontinental United States world heavyweight WWE champion the guy has done it all in WWE but You know He's a multiple time Ring of Honor world champion as well, he's won championships all over the world, Mexico, Japan like I said before but he's such a wonderful technician, the reason he doesn't get near the top 4 is I don't know because he had a big injury and he was unable to wrestle for a a long time, I think it was about 4 or 5 years, he's lost a lot of time and a lot of time where he could have continued to make a real big impact on wrestling. But unfortunately, he's not going to make the top four, obviously. He's not going to make my top 10 at any point if I ever do that. Um, But Daniel Bryan deserves a huge shout out for the way that he has impacted wrestling in recent years. Another one who really deserves a mention there is Kenny Omega. Now, Kenny Omega is referred to by many as the best wrestler in the world. And for me, at the moment, in terms of in-ring ability, Kenny Omega is easily the best in the world he has you know more five-star matches than any other wrestler currently wrestling he is arguably one of the best in-ring technicians of all time and the ability to lay out a match is just incredible kenny omega a man who currently holds the aw world championship and the mexican triple World Championship. He's held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the Junior Heavyweight Championship, United States title, Intercontinental title, Tag Team Championships in AEW. The guy's done it all. And, you know, he's still at the peak of his powers. He's got at least five more years at the top, top level of professional wrestling left in him. And I just can't wait to see where Kenny Omega's career goes from here. He's been absolutely fantastic. He has transcended wrestling in recent years. But the thing with Kenny Omega is that he is quite um divisive in terms of his character work and his in-ring work but I don't think you can debate that he's currently one of the best in the world um in terms of what I might do as a future podcast is my favorite top four favorite wrestlers still wrestling because that would be an interesting one to look at because Kenny Omega you know spoiler alert would 100% without a doubt be in that top four and again I can't you know if you if you're not a wrestling fan um you you, I think that if you watch the Kenny Omega match, especially his like recent work in AEW, because it's more high paced and it's shorter because of um, the the TV format that he never had to use to work to in Japan, he he is so engrossing. I think that anyone who could potentially enjoy wrestling should watch a kenny omega match if they're going to start watching wrestling so definitely worth a look there my final pick that was you know i've got a couple more written down like i said i've got over 40 nominees that i could have touched upon but one other person that i really wanted to touch upon was um is is one of my female nominees now i've got four but the one i'm going to mention is lita now the reason i want to finish on lita is because had women's wrestling been given the opportunity that men's wrestling was at the time and the way that women's wrestling is treated now lita would easily be one of the best wrestlers of all time she came in to wwe as like a girlfriend manager with sa rios and she obviously joined the hardy boys shortly after before going on to be in storylines with edge and kane where you know she was just a, a sexy side piece really for those characters but Lita in the ring was absolutely fantastic, and she won multiple women 's championships during her time. She had incredible matches with Trish Stratus, her feuds with Trish, and um, the likes of Mickey James were absolutely incredible and Even when you know I was growing up, Lita was great to watch because you know she did the um She did the swantons, she did um, backflips, she would do the twist of fate, she would do high paced matches. And the women weren't given very long, um, but Lita could do what the men were doing, whereas a lot of the women at the time were just there to be pretty. And that's not me saying that, because that's exactly what it was at the time, you know. So I think that we have to give the likes of Lita a really big shout out at the end. Should, you know, should wrestling for the women have been the same as the men at the time? Probably would have been considered one of the best of all time, you know, regardless of what sex she is. So um, that's my Mount Rushmore of wrestling, my top four wrestlers of all time. Again, we will say that they were all run very, very close by a number of nominees. But the final top four are Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would love to know what your thoughts are on my top four as well as what your top four are. You can let me know on Instagram. As always, it's anything goes Podcast underscore 616. But thank you very much for listening. This has been the weekly podcast for the Anything Goes podcast and I will see you soon.